you're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. In this podcast, we're going to talk about politicians showing up at a crazy conference called Patriots Arise. Trump fans saying some bizarre stuff at his recent rallies. Jaron Jackson's strange view of the world. We also take voicemails. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. If you want to send an email instead, the email address is telltalemailbag at gmail.com. All this stuff will be in the description if you need to reference it later. I know sometimes it's discouraging seeing how far, you know, the U.S. is falling right now and everything, but usually the people that I cover, I find it comical. A lot of this stuff is comical, especially what the Trump supporters say. It's funny as hell, and, and really not that relevant or important what Trump supporters say, because yes, Trump is a, a massively influential figure, but the real nutter butters are not influential the real nutter butters that you find at the rallies it's concerning in itself that they say this stuff but i find it more entertaining than disturbing because it really is not a widespread belief we're still in the majority reasonable people we're still in the majority It feels like we're in the minority because the loudest voices are grabbing power anywhere they can, but they really are the minority group. The extremists are. Don't let this stuff get to you. We always take two steps forward, one step back. We always have since the beginning, since the formation of the country. It's been like this. Look at where we are right now compared to where we were in the 1960s. Black people were still drinking from colored water fountains just 70 years ago. There are people alive right now who remember that. And back then, when they were drinking from colored water fountains, people who went to the integrated school that my parents went to Because they weren't always in integrated schools. My parents weren't. They went to segregated schools for a while. When they went to integrated schools, they almost certainly knew somebody who was a slave or knew somebody whose parents were slaves. This really is not that long ago. I just want to put it in perspective. And look at where we are now. We have progressed dramatically in this country since its founding. Every 50 years or so, we make massive progress, massive leaps forward. So I know it feels hard. I know it's stressful. I know things look bleak when we take those steps backward. But don't worry. We will take steps forward. We will. We'll take steps forward again. And in the meantime, enjoy the entertainment. Enjoy watching these people melt down and lose their minds and say the most ridiculous stuff. Because that's all we can do. If we can't laugh at it, then we'll cry. So just... Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show, and do your best, and don't worry about the rest. Hopefully that gives you some peace of mind. I can't laugh at this anymore. I still love your channel. I need distance for a while. I get it. I understand. If that's what you got to do, then that's what you got to do. That's okay. Hey, this is Owen. If you're comfortable, leave your first name and state at the sound of the tiny truck backing up. 
Hey, Owen, this is Brody from Pennsylvania. I want to get your opinion on something. Do you think Republicans are truly LGBT supportive of the ones that claim they are? Because they might claim that they support them, but they turn around and vote for people that are trying to destroy them and make their lives impossible and take their rights away. So I really don't consider a single Republican LGBT supportive unless they vote Democrat or third party that supports LGBT. So thanks for uh, listening. Have a good day. Yeah, I appreciate the voicemail. It's an interesting question. Here's the thing about it. The Republican Party is publicly opposed to LGBT rights. It like it's it was in their platform for years, I believe. It, it still is in most states' platforms, and I think on a federal level it is too. Don't quote me on that though. This article is from Politico. The GOP waves white flag in same-sex marriage wars. It was written by Meredith McGraw. Let's just read a, a couple paragraphs of it. To mark the beginning of Pride Month this year, Republican National Committee Chair Ronna McDaniel did what party leaders do on these types of occasions. She sent out a tweet. Happy Pride Month, she wrote. At GOP is proud to have doubled our LGBTQ support for the last four years, and we will continue to grow our big tent by supporting measures that promote fairness and balance protections for LGBTQ Americans and those with deeply held religious beliefs. Inside the RNC, the missive barely registered. McDaniel, after all, had sent out a similar message in years past. But outside the building, those 265 characters prompted immediate backlash, not just from Democrats who accused her of disingenuousness, but social conservatives, too, who furiously dialed up McDaniel with complaints. Tony Perkins, leader of the Family Research Council, lambasted her in a scathing blog post and even encouraged people not to donate to the RNC. But the attacks, particularly from the evangelical right, were met with a shrug by the party. So officially, I think the RNC's official position is to get votes from LGBT people, as many votes as they can. Historically and currently, they do absolutely nothing to support them. And, and historically, they've actually opposed them heavily. They have fought nonstop against gay marriage. They fought nonstop against any kind of rights that they wanted, any basic rights the LGBT community wanted or needed. So the answer to your question is, you're right. The Republican Party, as a party, does not support the LGBT community, has never supported it, and at best at this moment, they're showing ambivalence. They don't care. They don't care either way at best right now. They're trying to steal votes from Democrats basically by saying something basic like this. But even trying to steal votes and taking absolutely no action whatsoever is causing all kinds of problems within the party. Hi, Ellen. This is Sarah from Denmark. So I have a sister who's going to Bethel's uh, Bible school. Um, their Bible school of supernatural ministries or something, BSSM. Do you know anything about that? Because Bethel is crazy, and is their Bible school crazy too? Do you know anything? I would love it if you cover it at some point. There's a bunch of bunch of shit to cover. Uh, and, yeah, so <laughs> help me out here. Uh, have a nice day. Bye. Yeah, I appreciate the voicemail. I actually do know of the... Bethel, what's it called again? It's called uh, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. It is an incredibly conservative, extremist, right-wing, evangelical school. And Kat Kerr helps write the curriculum for schools like this. They listen to Kat Kerr 
They listen to Johnny and Lowe and others like them. That's what this school is all about. So I, I figured we'd just take a look at their culture section of their website real fast and see what it says. Revival culture. Learn how to live in the kingdom of God and extend its borders through a supernatural lifestyle. Bring heaven to earth everywhere you go. Naturally supernatural. I mean, this is the evangelical movement. This is the evangelical school for all intents and purposes. The school is designed to equip students not just to minister in the gifts of the spirit, but to live a supernatural lifestyle. You experience life-changing revelation about yourself and the world around you as you become aware of the kingdom within you and are encouraged to be naturally supernatural by bringing heaven to earth wherever you go. We believe Jesus meant it when he taught us to pray your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. What revival looks like. There are six sections. Joy, becoming, present in our city, free and responsible, and transparency in community. Let's look at the joy section. If the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, then joy is one-third of the kingdom. That means a lot of laughter and fun. Life at BSSM is full and alive and joyful. This is a full-blown cult, in my opinion. This school is. You live there on campus, from my understanding. Uh, they raise you through the ranks. Uh, it's just creep central here. Very disturbing stuff, and it's an evangelical a stronghold basically there's a lot wrong with this school and i should really do a deep dive into it at some point i appreciate you bringing bringing it to my attention hey john from alabama why every time you show things from jw broadcasting the people on there talk to me like us like we're four years old and don't know nothing i mean just things like that's what they do talk to us like we're mentally challenged or something or is it just my imagination Bye. No, it's not your imagination. They they have a tendency to do that. Um, I picked out a couple of basic JW broadcasting clips. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, it's the Jehovah's Witnesses TV show that they do once a month. Listen to this. This is a governing body member, Jeffrey Jackson, I believe is who this is. Welcome. We have many updates to share. As Jehovah's people, we are not surprised by such events. We're well aware that Russia and its allies fill the role described in Daniel chapter 11 as the king of the north. I mean, you can hear just in the cadence alone, he sounds like he's talking to a child. It's, it's done that way intentionally. That's how they set it up. I was trying to pick up the cadence when I was little because I knew that I wanted to get up there in front of the podium and tell people, or the lectern or whatever, and tell people how I felt about Jehovah. You know, I wanted to be an elder, and I wanted to teach people, and blah, blah, blah. Naturally, I got into public speaking anyways. Uh, I probably would have ended up being an elder eventually, but the point here is every Jehovah's Witness learns this cadence to some degree when they start doing public speaking. Even going in service, you put on this fake plastic smile, you know, knocking on doors and spreading the, the word of Jehovah. You put on this fake plastic smile when you're out there. Your eyes go glassy because you're talking about Jehovah to other people. And it's just this fake personality that you put on. And this is their fake personality that they're displaying here for you. Here's another example of it. The events unfolding around us are making clearer than ever that we're living in the final part of the last days Undoubtedly, the final part of the final part of the last days, shortly before the last day of the last days. 
So this guy, Stephen Lett, it, I was told, I don't know how true it is, but I've been told he enunciates things that way and moves his mouth the way he does because his parents were deaf when he was little and he had to move his lips in a very like pronounced way so that they could read his lips easier. Uh, like I said, I don't know how true that is. That's just what I heard. But either way, you can hear the cadence in his voice outside of the way he's moving his mouth. He still has the Jehovah's Witness cadence. They do that very specifically and intentionally. It's part of putting people into a certain mindset, into a certain headspace, so that they start listening and taking things more seriously and, and things like that. It's all part of their propaganda. Uh, you can go back and look at any of their old videos and you can kind of see the same cadence. Just watch that thing. I don't know, second or third time, the guy with the mildew problem. Oh, yeah, if you're unfamiliar with this guy, he's talking about um, Andrew Womack is who it is. So this guy, let's just play the clip. This is Andrew Womack telling us about a mildew problem that he had. Listen to this. You know, real quickly, we need to take questions, but real quickly, when my wife and I first got married, we were poor and we lived in a house that wasn't insulated. And so we had a gas heater on the inside to keep the place warm, but because there was no insulation, the walls sweat. And in the uh, closets, especially where it was dark and stuff like this, we just had mildew everywhere. And you know what I did? Instead of taking something and cleaning it off and repainting or something, I took Deuteronomy chapter 28 and read it. Mildew, you are a curse. Then I turned over to Galatians 3.13. I'm redeemed from you. And I spoke to mildew and cursed it. And did you know it went away without me having to clean it and do something? It was a curse. And I rebuked the curse. And I got free from that. Oh, yeah, that's so incredibly believable. Totally, 100%. Uh, his wife definitely wasn't going behind his back and just cleaning it up for him, I bet. Uh, the, it was definitely him rebuking the curse of mildew. Absolutely. Okay, so, yeah, I'm on the same page as the caller. Continue, caller. What, what were you saying about it? I don't know, second or third time, the guy with the mildew problem, that they were so poor that he and his wife were able to buy a house. They were that poor that they were able to buy a house. What horse Some poverty, huh? I'm able to buy a house. Feel sorry for me. Yeah, I absolutely know what you mean. Although, in fairness, I don't think he said that he owned the house, but if the mildew was his problem, then he probably did. Because if you're renting, usually it's the landlord's problem to deal with certain things like that. Leaks or mildew or whatever else. Not, not your thing. It's the landlord's thing. Typically. Depends. But... Yeah, um, I honestly don't think that this guy knows what it's like to be poor. I don't think he has any clue what it's like. Not for a second. He is a megachurch pastor and a televangelist and is certainly not anywhere near that poor today. Not as poor as he claims to be or claims to have been. You know, for good measure, though, let's just let me just show you how he feels about his congregants and about money and things like that. Let, just listen to what he has to say here. I tell you, partnership in the gospel is the greatest thing you can do. When we get to heaven, I can guarantee you there's not a single one of you that's going to be saying, I wish you hadn't have encouraged me to give so much and that I'd have got my fifth flat screen TV <laughs> and that I would have had more jewels and fancier clothes and a nicer car. All that stuff will be gone. It's only what you invest in the kingdom that is going to benefit you for eternity. You're going to come up to me and hug my neck and kiss me and say, thank you, thank you, thank you for getting that money out of my pocket. 
that is so completely over the top. I just don't even know what to do with it, dude. That's Andrew Womack for you, man. I don't believe for a second he's been poor his entire life. Not, not for one second. Next, we're going to talk about politicians showing up at a crazy conference called Patriots Arise. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. First story I wanted to talk about is about Francine Fosdick. She is all over the QAnon world. She ran a conference recently, actually. The name of the conference is Patriots Arise, and you would be blown away. It would blow your socks off if you knew who showed up there. None other than the prospective governor of Pennsylvania and the lieutenant governor and a chairman for the Republican Party in Oklahoma, I believe. Like, big politicians, well-known politicians. I could be wrong, but I believe that the prospective governor, Doug Mastriano, I think he's currently a senator for Pennsylvania, and he's running for governor. The conference name is Patriots Arise. The organizer is Francine Fosdick. That's her name. This is her on screen. If you've never seen her before, I've covered her a few times, but she is deep in the QAnon world, deep in the QAnon world. So let me reintroduce you to her and show you what some of her ideas are all about. Let's take a look at Francine. This is late March 2021 when this came out. At this point in time, remember, she's QAnon, so she believed that Trump was going to be re-inaugurated as president on March 4th. 2021 because of this big conspiracy that QAnon subscribes to about how inauguration day is actually March 4th and not January 20th. It's nonsense and I won't get into it now, but this is after her belief was shattered that Donald Trump is going to be re-inaugurated. So listen to this. President Trump said that him and Melania took the vaccine. I I can't stress enough that he did not and she did not. I mean, I have uh, a close contact um, with him. By the way, this one right here, the one laughing, this is Kirsten Weldon. She is another incredibly influential QAnon uh, interpreter, I guess. Kind of like a QAnon pastor, but they don't have pastors. They have interpreters. She was a QAnon interpreter until she tragically died from COVID not long ago. I don't remember when it was she died, but yeah, it's really, really sad stuff, man. I don't wish death on anybody, Uh, nobody. What I wish is for her to come back to reality with the rest of us. Sadly, that didn't happen and her time ran out. So anyway, yeah, another QAnon interpreter sitting here, Francine and Kirsten Weldon chit-chatting about how ridiculous it is that Donald Trump took the vaccine. He did not, guys, okay? He's talking about something else. Um, I mean, he's been talking about HCP. He took a placebo. Right, right. Come on, guys. And Okay. They're acting like it's such a ridiculous idea for us to actually believe that Donald Trump got vaccinated. Something else, dude. Really, they live in a different reality. 
right okay placebo and every single person that faked that they got it and the government was a placebo too they never got the shot uh you know the jab with uh you know mrna come on they're not that stupid they use mrna like it's an insult no that's just a regular descriptor of what it is yes it's an mrna vaccine so anyways that's that's francine fosdick and that was her with kirsten weldon She's made a couple of other pretty big, high-profile appearances. She knows Mark Taylor, too, and she's worked with Mark Taylor a few times. If you're unfamiliar with Mark Taylor, he's also known as the Firefighter Prophet. You guys probably know Jerry Falwell, right? Jerry Falwell from, like, the 80s and I think the 90s. He created Liberty University, this giga-Christian school, blamed 9-11 on the LGBT community, and it, it just, you know who I'm talking about, that guy. Well, this guy, Mark Taylor, had a documentary made about him by the Liberty U film students. The name of the documentary that they made was, um, I think it was called The Firefighter Prophet, and it was this massive thing where they claimed that he prophesied that Donald Trump was going to be the president in 2016, but he prophesied it in 2012, blah, blah, blah. Mark Taylor is considered to be the basis for the prophecy that Donald Trump was going to be president. He is the basis for the idea that Trump is supposed to be a religious figure. Very high-profile person in the evangelical QAnon Trumpist world. That's who Mark Taylor is, right? So this was Mark Taylor talking to Francine Fosdick. I just want to give you an idea of who this woman is real fast before we get into the, the main story here. This is Mark Taylor talking to Francine Fosdick on Election Day 2020, November 4th. Why do you think Trump calls these guys names all the time? Because you're not dealing with humans most of the time. You're, you're dealing with entities. You're dealing with beings. Some of them aren't human, but you're dealing with beings. Right. You have a body, you know what I mean? And it's like, this is why he has no problems doing that. You, you know what I mean? You had a list of pastors out there that was made headlines that was supporting Biden. They were pro-life pastors. We disagree on the pro-life or the pro-choice thing, but we're supporting Biden. Are you kidding me? Let me tell you something. Every Christian, every pastor out there that voted for Joe Biden last night, you have bought a curse upon yourself and your family your children and your children's children down to the third and fourth generation, and you need to repent. I don't care if you are pro-life. You cannot call yourself a Christian and call yourself a, a Republican or, or vote for Biden. This is so interesting to me. The guy is melding two identities together. He's melding his identity as a Christian and his identity as a Republican. He's melding them into one and finding conflicts. If you aren't Republican, then you aren't Christian. If you aren't Christian, then you aren't Republican. Isn't that something, how that works in, in, his, in his mind, like psychologically, how he's processing this and how he's like viewing this, the angle from which he's viewing the world is absolutely fascinating to me. And to say that you've brought a curse upon your family to the third and fourth generations for voting against Trump, that is something else, man. You call yourself a Democrat and a Christian, it doesn't matter. If you voted for the dark side, that's what you did. You are implementing the dark agenda, Satan's agenda, the kingdom of darkness. You are not supporting the kingdom of God. And if you cannot see that, you have. if you do not repent, 
judgment will fall upon you, I believe, and your family and your children's children down to the third and fourth generation. That's something else, dude. That is something else. The way that they view this, the way that they've melded their identities together, it's absolutely something else. So anyway, the point is that this woman, Francine Fosdick, the woman on the right there, she held a full-blown QAnon conference called Patriots Arise, and she invited Doug Mastriano. He's an, uh, currently a senator uh, in Pennsylvania, I believe, and he's running for governor of Pennsylvania. She had other people there too, not just Doug Mastriano. We'll get to the others in a minute. Very high-profile people. So I wanted to see kind of what you know Doug had to say at this QAnon conference. So let's give this a watch. Late April 2022 just happened. Check out his speech there. God is really working in our state. I know things are dark. I know it's not going to be easy, but we're going to win on May 17th with your help. <laughs> and in November, we're going to take our state back. My God will make it so. May 17th is their primary, so if you're watching me, you're probably not voting in the Republican primary. But if you do vote in the Republican primary rather than the Democratic one, then make sure you vote against this guy because obviously he's going to QAnon conferences. He's the last person we want in any kind of position of power, anywhere near a position of power. Like I said, unfortunately, the guy's already a senator, but I certainly don't want him that much closer to the governorship. And in November, we're going to take our state back. My God will make it so. My God will make it so. Interesting. So he, he seems to believe that God is going to make him the governor, or at least make him win the primary or whatever else. What happens if he doesn't win the primary? What happens then? Is that still God's doing? Did God not want you to be the governor, if that's the case? Or was it Satan stepping in and foiling God's plans as always? Thank God for the good things, blame Satan, or God's mysterious ways for the bad. That's how it always works. That's their MO. <laughs> it's going to be beautiful. Pennsylvania is going to be the freest, most hopeful, most constitutionally based state in the nation. People are going to want to move here, and Maryland as well. <laughs> I assume he made that remark about Maryland because there's another politician from Maryland there. I'm not really sure exactly why. <laughs> We're going to unleash the potential, the energy and resources God has given us underneath our feet here. It's going to be a place of prosperity and hope. We're going to we're going to fuel the New England and Middle Mid-Atlantic states. I mean, it's going to be amazing. And you know, you think Florida looks good? Amateur hour after we're in charge. <laughs> That should tell you something about his plans. Florida is amateur hour compared to what he intends to do to Pennsylvania. In case you are watching this five years in the future and don't know, at this immediate moment in time, Ron DeSantis is the governor of Florida, and he is just, he's acting like an emperor, going through and doing all kinds of crazy stuff to Florida, getting vindictive with companies there and yanking their special tax status and yanking their special tax status if they say anything positive about the LGBT community and a bunch of other stuff. Not good. Absolutely not good. Banned a bunch of math books because they contained critical race theory. 
whatever whatever that is nobody can seem to pin down what critical race theory is didn't give us specific examples of what critical race theory was being taught in those math books but conveniently the only math books left allowed to be used in the state are published by who was it uh they were published by somebody that ron DeSantis is affiliated with or somebody that he has an investment in or something like that i don't remember exactly of course i mean it it it, it makes sense that this whole thing played out the way that it did ron DeSantis is known for ravaging florida destroying the thing that made florida so desirable in the first place out of pure spite and vindictiveness or just because he could and this guy right now is saying that he intends to do that exact thing in pennsylvania he's going to make it look like amateur hour he may just be saying that to win votes but you know i don't want to wait and i don't want to wait and find out I think we should believe him when he says that he's going to destroy Pennsylvania the way that DeSantis is destroying Florida. We should believe him and vote against him at all costs. We need to crawl over broken glass to vote against this guy. But the craziness does not end there. The creator of this conference, Francine Fosdick, person we were talking about earlier, she gave him a little present. They're up on stage right now, and they're about to present this thing to Doug Mastriano. When we were planning this conference... And I'm um, just thinking about the warfare that you both have gone through. And we thought, wow, Lord, what would be the best gift for them? And we thought of the David sword because you've been cutting a lot of heads <laughs> off. <laughs> what, David's sword? Uh, didn't David battle Goliath with a sling? I mean, I'm not trying to get nitpicky here. I'm just saying, wouldn't they want to give him a sling instead of a sword? Whatever, whatever. And, and so we had inscribed in there wow. for God and country because That's you have amazing. been fighting for our country Thank and you. you're fighting for um, our religious rights in Christ Jesus. Uh, religious supremacy. Let me just let, let me correct that for you, Francine. Religious supremacy is what he's fighting for. Well, um, we wanted to bless you with that wow. sword of David Thank and you. then um, a bunch of goodies in Aww. here, too. <laughs> so it's kind of heavy. Hopefully it won't break. But... Um, so we, we just thank you for being a part of this conference, um, being a part of all of our lives, and really making a difference and setting a precedent for Pennsylvania, but not only Pennsylvania, for our country. Wow. Thank you both thank of you, you so much. Thank you. Amen. Oh, yeah. Where's Goliath? Where's Goliath? He used a sling, not a sword. What are you talking about, man? And what's with this guy in the, like, red, white, and blue shirt and hat? Oh, my God. Is that not a little over the top? You know the founders had this thing about flags? This is why it was such a big deal when somebody burned a flag that it was banned and they were going to put him in jail over it. Until the, until the case went all the way to the Supreme Court to decide if people had the right to burn a flag or not. You're not even allowed to, like, throw one in the trash or, or anything else. You're supposed to fold it into a triangle without it letting it ever touch the ground and then bury it, I believe, after folding it into a triangle. There's a very specific way you're supposed to dispose of a flag. It's supposed to be treated as a sacred object. That's what the Founding Fathers always intended. And there are, like, rules about how you're supposed to treat it and traditions and stuff, right? 
I mean, weird. I, I completely disagree with this glorification and, and borderline worship of the American flag. Totally think, I think that's totally unhinged. But the founding fathers would be absolutely disgusted to see somebody wearing clothing that has an American flag pattern on it. They would be shocked to see this. They would throw a fit. I'm talking Thomas Jefferson, Ben Franklin, all of them. They would lose their minds to think that people would wear the flag on their shirt like this. You're supposed to treat the flag with respect and never let it touch the ground and and all that stuff. That's just one more disconnection from everything. Like, these people claim to be patriots, constitutionalists, and want to get back to the old ways, blah, blah, blah. No, no, they never wanted that. It's all an act. It's all a show, and it always has been. There are guidelines, not laws over flag display and disposal right. That's what I meant. And there are actually laws related to the flag, though, um, or there were. I think the Supreme Court overturned a lot of them and kind of defined where the law you know, is limited, basically. But yeah, a lot of guidelines, a lot of traditions and things like that. And, and this guy's just throwing them right out the window. Anyway... Let's keep listening. Oh, yeah. Where's Goliath? (laughs) Don't cheer for that. He was killed with a sling, not a sword. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. Bless you. (laughs) Wow, how powerful is that? Oh, my gosh. Our next. I wonder if that's a real sword. Like, it. I'm trying to see. The way that he's holding it, it doesn't seem that heavy, right? And I think swords are generally pretty heavy, especially if they're like that. They wouldn't give him a fake sword, would they? Like a plastic sword you find at a carnival or something? Is it sharpened? I'm trying to figure out how, like, I'm trying to figure out if it's real based on how the reflection is and all that. I don't know. It's probably real. I mean, these people obviously have enough money to put on a conference, so they could probably afford a sword, right? A real sword. Oh, my gosh. Our next governor. Okay, yeah, so that happened. So after showing up at that conference, the Patriots Arise conference, I believe he was at a debate. This was immediately after. Watch this. Again, on the right, this is Doug Mastriano. He's the guy that we were just listening to in his speech or whatever. Listen to what he says at what I think is a debate. Today, the Philadelphia Inquirer reported you attended a conference last week in Gettysburg hosted by a couple who publicly call themselves prophets of QAnon. What- That's uh, Francine Fosdick and her husband, Hank. I forget what his name is, but anyway, she kind of runs a lot of this stuff. Prophets of QAnon. What can you tell us about that? And do you consider yourself a member of that group? 30 seconds. Yeah, it's funny how the media likes to paint anyone to disagree with on the right, on the conservative side, as some kind of extremist. I, I- No, I mean, we just watched you go there to a QAnon conference. These people, I've been following Francine Fosdick for like years now. She is full-blown member of QAnon. I find it super interesting, though, that nobody said anything about extremism. They just said QAnon, and he associates that with extremism. 
I don't think Francine would appreciate that characterization of her beliefs. As some kind of extremist. I, d I don't know that those two ever said that. I was there, of course, speaking with many of my... <laughs> I don't know that those people ever said that. Are you serious? Does this guy not pay attention to where he goes to speak? I'm very careful about who I go talk with or what shows I go on or any of that stuff. I don't just go anywhere. I always research anything before I shout it out to anybody. I won't take sponsorships if I don't trust the company. I won't go to any conferences unless I trust the people running it. And know, at the very least, know who's running it. Like, know the board, know their beliefs and, idea, uh, beliefs and ideas on things. I need to know what they're all about. And I'm just some tiny little guy on the corner of the internet, Z-list celebrity over here. This guy is a sitting senator running for governor of Pennsylvania, and he didn't look this stuff up. These people built their platform. They are famous because they are associated with QAnon exclusively. They are QAnon interpreters and have been spreading the message of QAnon exclusively since it since it started, basically, since its inception. That's what this is all about. And, and this guy just flew right over his head? Are you kidding me? I don't believe this for one second. I don't believe it for a second, Doug. Of course, speaking with many of my constituents and people from across the state, and it's very unfair, and, and people across the state are sick and tired of being labeled. Oh, yeah, you're the victim. Totally, yeah. This is the persecution complex coming out. I'm victimized for going to a QAnon conference. I'm the victim here because you're calling me out for that. People across the state are sick and tired of being labeled something because you disagree with them politically. That's not what we're doing, bud. That's not what we're doing. QAnon is an extremist ideology and a full-blown cult. You went to a cult's conference and took gifts from this cult and then excused it away. Like, th this is who is running for Pennsylvania governor. I really hope he does not win. Since we're talking about it, why don't we just take a quick glance at the Philadelphia Inquirer article about this whole thing, about Doug Mastriano going to this Q conference. Title of the article is A Top GOP Candidate for Governor Campaigned at an Event Promoting QAnon and Conspiracy Theories About 9-11. That's the smallest, most insignificant conspiracy that this group of people promotes, in my opinion. There are way, way worse conspiracies that they spread. But okay, if, if the 9-11 one is the one you chose to go with, sure, I suppose. This is written by Andrew Seedman. I believe, and it's, like I said, it's on Inquirer.com. It's the Philadelphia Inquirer, so let's read a little bit of it. When candidates for public office indulge in conspiracy theories like QAnon, it's often a wink and a nod. But just weeks before Pennsylvania's May 17th primary, primary election, such ideas are being promoted in plain sight. And high-profile Republican candidates for statewide office are treating talk of a global satanic blood cult like regular campaigning. Absolutely. Which honestly is exactly what we just listened to him do. He said anybody that you disagree with on the right, you call him an extremist. Exactly what the Philadelphia Inquirer said in their article right here. High-profile Republican candidates for statewide office, they're treating talk of a global satanic blood cult like regular campaigning. That's exactly what he did. Last week in Gettysburg, a far-right Christian conference called Patriots Arise for God and Country 
drew State Senator Doug Mastriano, a GOP frontrunner for Pennsylvania governor, Teddy Daniels, a candidate for lieutenant governor, Maryland gubernatorial candidate Dan Cox, Liz Harrington, a spokesperson for former President Donald Trump, and former Trump campaign attorney Jenna Ellis. Wow, that is quite the lineup. Yeah, since they mentioned the lieutenant governor, Teddy Daniels, uh, who he's running for, I actually have a little clip from Teddy Daniels, too. So why don't we just watch that real fast before continuing? Check this one out. Teddy Daniels speaking at the Patriots Rise conference. People are saying they want civility in politics. Well, are they civil with us? Yes. I have no interest in physically hurting you, and I don't ever talk about physically hurting you. I heavily discourage that kind of rhetoric. I don't lie about you. I don't mistreat you. I don't attack you over contrived, ridiculous things. That's not who I am. That's not what I do. And I, in my opinion, I consider myself to be one of the more civil people in the movement. This is how civility works. I attack your ideas. I don't attack you. That's what civility is. So yeah, I am civil with you. Yes. Then why don't we need to be civil with them? Okay. Folks, in case you haven't noticed, the world is burning. Okay? We are at war. What does a lack of civility accomplish for you? Whether the world is burning or not, what does it accomplish to attack and slander people? How does it help your movement or your cause to lie about people and hurt them and make fun of them for this thing or that thing? or whatever else. How does that help you? How does that help stop the world from burning? It doesn't. It just makes you a less moral person, in my opinion. That's all it accomplishes. And it coarsens the discourse and brings us closer to a point in time where there may actually be violence. In this country, we are losing this country. This is not the time to dance around the campfire and our tippy toes and sing Kumbaya. So... They all hate me. I don't hate you. I just want you to stop being an extremist. That's it. In case you haven't picked up on it, what he's basically saying is he has no intentions of or interest in working with anybody from the other side of the aisle. He has no interest in bargaining or trying to make things better or making deals or any of that stuff. So what does he want to do? What What is he interested in? Folks, let, let me tell you, I, I'm about civility too. Like right now, we're civil with Japan. We're civil with Germany. No, we're friends with those people. That's very different. We aren't civil with those. Like he has a totally different definition of civil, I think, than I do. We're civil with a lot of nations. How'd we get there? How'd we get there? We beat the crap out of them. That's how we got there. Oh. So all he understands is violence and domination and supremacy. That's what he understands. That's how he thinks the world works. And that's why he doesn't want civility, because he wants to dominate and loom over everybody. He wants to control everything and everybody. That, that seems pretty clear to me at this point. We will be civil on our terms, not theirs. Yeah, so he went there too. Teddy Daniels. 
Let's keep reading this article. About 25 minutes into the two-day conference, organizers played a video claiming the world is experiencing a great, a great awakening. Yeah, that's a straight call to QAnon right there. I mean, th those are words that QAnon even has a book called The Great Awakening, I believe. In fact, I have a copy of it. The world is experiencing a great awakening that will expose ritual child sacrifice and a global satanic blood cult. Followers of QAnon believe a global cabal of Democrats and elites are trafficking for and engaged in other demonic activity, but that all of this will soon be exposed. Images associated with the conspiracy theory were on display during the January 6th Capitol attack. That's what the whole conference was about. It was run by people who believe this, who built their brand off of the idea that this is all real. That's who we're dealing with. So the fact that Doug Mastriano and even Teddy Daniels and uh, not, you know, those aren't the only ones. This guy, too, he was the chair of the Republican Party in Oklahoma. He, he had some horrific stuff to say, too. The fact that they went to this conference in the first place and then tried to excuse it away by saying you can't call people that you disagree with extremists. That's disturbing stuff, man. If you think I'm wrong tweet it at me. If you disagree with me, if you think that it's okay for them to go to these conferences just to spread their word or just to get their name out there, even if they don't fully agree with the people, if you think it would be okay for them to go there anyways, tweet it at me. I want to know. All that jazz, Pete Buttigieg used to go on Fox News a lot because he believed in meeting conservative voters where they are, but even he wouldn't go, go to a QAnon rally. Yeah, um, I'm all for meeting them where they are. If you were going to a QAnon rally to debate or to even to talk to them and, and tell them, I don't agree with you, but I still want your vote or whatever, I'd be okay with that if he ever said, I don't agree with you. He didn't. He never even hinted at that. He went there presenting himself as though he did agree with them and what they believe and what they're doing and supported them. If you think it would be okay for them to go there anyways, tweet it at me. I want to know. Next, we're going to talk about Trump fans saying some bizarre stuff at his recent rallies. Give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. Trump's been holding a lot of rallies recently, and it is endlessly entertaining to listen to what his fans have to say. So I got a little compilation together because he held a recent rally in Nebraska, and he held some other rallies in Ohio recently, too, uh, end of April 2022. So I wanted to see what they had to say. Let's give this one a watch. The interviewer here is from The Good Liars. I don't know if you've heard of them before, but it's like a YouTube channel, I think, or a Twitter account. They go around to Trump rallies and, you know, QAnon events and stuff, and they ask him questions and try to get them to admit their true beliefs about really crazy stuff. So give this a watch and see what this Trump fan had to say. Tell us about it. What is what is negative 48? Okay, well, because he's wearing a shirt that says negative 48 on it. So he asks about it, right? Okay, well, negative 48 is Michael Brian Protzman, 
he is teaching gematria. Michael Jackson sang about it. A, B, C, easiest one, two, three. Just keep that word in the back of your head for the moment, gematria. Keep it in the back of your head for the moment. Let's keep watching. And so what, what is gematria exactly? A, B, C, one, two, three. A, B, and one, and Z, B, and 26. So what he's saying is it's the idea that you're kind of corresponding like numbers with letters. So A through Z, one through 26, and you can take words and get their corresponding numbers. And it's kind of a conspiracy theory type of thing. I think it's an old Hebrew thing, actually, like really old Hebrew thing. So anyway, let's keep listening. So Michael Jackson, was he part of Negative 48? No, but he is... Uh, you keep saying is. Is he... Is he? He's alive, brother. Michael Jackson's not dead. Michael Jackson is alive. Yes. Absolutely. Okay, let, let's Man, bring, let's bring him back back here for a second. Who, who do you think... not dead. <laughs> really? He was resurrected four days later as Jesus Christ. Just like Wait, Lazarus. Yeah, JFK deep, was man. resurrected as Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he is your president. And Junior is your vice president as we speak. As we speak right now, JFK Sr. is president and JFK Jr. is vice president. Absolutely. You think he's joking, right? You think he's trolling because he's got the little troll glasses on. I know you're thinking he's a troll because I thought he was a troll. But then, I mean, I'm, I'm going through like clip after clip looking for people, you know, Trump supporters, fans at his rallies talking to people. And so I come across this guy and then I come across this clip. April 23rd rally, 2022 in Ohio. Okay, first of all, y'all are... So cute. I love the outfits. I would like detailed explanations on every single shirt. Ready, set, go. Right? So living, living, and we know living. Yeah, she her shirt has three faces on it, three people, and she points to each one for the audio audience, if you're listening. She points to each face on her shirt and says these three people are actually alive. Ruling the world. And you don't take down evil by being quiet or silent, right? I'm not actually sure who they are. I know one of them is Princess Diana. And, you know, if you were alive and aware in the 90s, you know the story of Princess Diana dying in this terrible car accident. It, it was, like, devastating to the world. Do they look like them today? No. You think, you think Princess Diana is still alive? Absolutely, 100%. Do you? I didn't, but maybe, maybe you have something to, that you know that I don't know. Well, you know God speaks to us, right? And there's ways that we can figure these things out. So if people start learning ABC123, which Michael Jackson talked about how many years ago, right? And he sang about. So when people start understanding gematria, they start understanding the numbers. Okay, this is getting weird. So I thought that last guy was a troll. But here we are, another set of people saying the exact same stuff. Gematria, ABC123, just like the last dude. These people are not trolls. These are not trolls, guys. These people are for real. They really, truly do believe this stuff. They are not pretending. They are not lying. They are not trying to get on camera for being the craziest person. They are for real. They start understanding the numbers. A equals 1, B equals 2, C equals 3. So that's, what, that's what's going on at Trump rallies right now. I believe that these people are QAnon members, and they deeply, deeply believe in the whole Gematria thing. So Gematria is exactly what she said. It's this old, I believe this old Hebrew thing where you take the alphabet, 
and you line it up and you put numbers that correspond with each letter. So C is the third letter in the alphabet. D is the fourth letter in the alphabet. So you get numbers and you're getting codes from it, basically. And people used to use gematria to derive secret codes from the Bible. Like They believe that the Bible predicted Hitler and stuff like that. It's just completely unhinged, crazy stuff. So anyway... These people believe in gematria, and they also believe that, like, Michael Jackson's alive and John F. Kennedy Jr. is still president and all this other stuff. What's interesting is that this is actually really familiar. For those of you who don't know Mark Taylor, Mark Taylor is also known as the firefighter prophet. The Democrats are not going to win for decades to come. You're not going to see another Democrat in the White House for decades i don't believe if ever again right now at this point because they are literally you're seeing literally the destruction of the democratic party uh, look, it doesn't matter who runs up against trump it doesn't matter because they're going to lose period trump's going to win the election it's going to be a blowout in 2020 we all know it look when when this is all said and done the democrats will be finished for good and i've said this for a long time i said that you will not see another democrat in the white house for many many years if ever again and this right here, I believe, which we're seeing happening, which is the death of the Democratic Party, this right there will be uh, that prophecy coming to pass. Liberty University did this whole documentary on the guy called The Firefighter Prophet, I believe, where he supposedly prophesied that Donald Trump was going to run for president and actually win. He made this prophecy back in, I think, 20. 11 or something like that or 2010 i don't remember when he made the prophecy i of course i use the word prophecy very loosely anyways mark taylor went on this podcast mid-november 2020 this is right after the election right after it was decided that biden won mark taylor goes on this podcast called the erskine podcast to talk about trump and gematria as it turns out. I didn't notice it back then, but I, since they are talking about it, I recognized it. Let's watch this. Mid-November 2020. Listen to this. They're calling, even calling it the Biden vaccine. That This is Erskine speaking right now. Mark Taylor comes in in a second. It's really fascinating to me, though, just on another note, that he seems to be jealous of the idea that people might call it the Biden vaccine. They may give credit to Biden for the vaccine when the vaccine was created during Trump's presidency, technically, even though neither Biden nor Trump created the vaccine and neither of them deserve credit for creating it because they were just the guy sitting at the desk at the time. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. The point is, I find it so interesting that he's getting bent out of shape at the idea of somebody giving credit for it to Biden instead of Trump. Now, how do they feel about the vaccine? They absolutely hate it. It blows me away how the culture war shifted so rapidly. If Trump had been endorsing the vaccine from day one rather than, and been really, really vocal about it, rather than being dodgy and kind of discouraging masks and not really saying much about the vaccine and all that stuff, if he'd just been straightforward about it since the very beginning and told people, get vaccinated, get vaccinated from the very beginning, things would have gone very differently in my opinion. Anyway, let's keep listening to uh, Erskine. This is remember, this is Erskine speaking right now. They're calling even calling it the Biden vaccine. And isn't it interesting? They wait till a week after the election to announce they have a vaccine. Right. This has been a setup from the very beginning from the Democrats, you know, whether it was trying to hurt Trump with the covid, whether it was trying to hurt him 
uh, with this or that. They seem to think that that's Mark Taylor, by the way. They seem to think that like the, the Democrats like created it like it didn't just appear. It blows me away. Like their worldview is so disconnected from reality. I mean, there's so many different things. You know, the vaccine, I, I tell people, if you were listening to Trump back in the COVID times. Back in the COVID times. This is November 2020. We were still in the COVID times, by the way. In fact, we still are, really. It's not over yet. But I think it's funny that he called them the COVID times because by November 2020, he had already given up on caring. That's how long it took him. I'm still wearing masks when I go out. Two years later, still wearing masks, and this guy's complaining and talking about the COVID times probably six months after it started. To a lot of his press conferences, Trump's 10 steps ahead of everybody. And when you listen to him speak, every time that he would say the word COVID, switch that out with the word cabal. Mm -hmm. Every time that he, he says, what is the cure? The vaccine. What is the vaccine? We, the people in the military, when they go in and they start arresting these people, I think this, he was giving code out a lot of times to, to the people because there's always more than one depth of revelation to what he says. Revelation. You catch that? Depth of revelation to what he says. That word was intentional and specific. This guy claims to be a prophet of God, and he used the word revelation when talking about what he gleans from what Trump says. There's always more... There's always another depth of revelation to what Trump says. That word was not a slip of the tongue. And the way I know it wasn't a slip of the tongue is because he continues to use that type of terminology when referring to what Donald Trump says, like even to this day. He's so much far ahead of the game. Are we talking about the same Donald Trump seriously? So far ahead of the game? What? He's 10 steps ahead of everybody? I feel like we're talking about different people here. So the vaccine is the cure for what? The cabal. That's what's going to happen, I believe, when they release the vaccine. Okay, that's what's going to happen when they release the vaccine. Well, that's happened. Uh, we're here. Obviously, your prophecy, quote-unquote, was proven wrong. Does that invalidate you as a prophet? I mean, he keeps throwing out these prophecies, one after another after another, and each one gets proven wrong. How many failed prophecies does this guy have to have before we recognize that he's a false prophet. I mean, we recognize that, obviously. But his congregation doesn't. The people who turn to him for prophecy, these religious schools, these religious, like, these seminaries, these churches across the country, Liberty University, they don't think he's a false prophet. At what point do they recognize him for what he is? Never, seemingly. At this point, it's, it's never. If they haven't seen him for what he is by now, they never will. Anyway, this is where it gets relevant. So Erskine comes back on in the podcast, and he's going to get into gematria like we were talking about a second ago. Listen to this. We're going to go with corona. It's called the coronavirus. Now, if you go with corona, C-O-R-O-N-A, six letters. C is the number third letter in the alphabet. O is the 15th letter. R is the 18th. O is the 15th. N is the 14th. A is the first. Six layers in Corona. Those other numbers add up to 66. 666. A cult-driven script and a Luciferian human sacrifice. A mega ritual. This is what Satan uses. And that's it. 666. Corona. Is that coincidence? I don't buy coincidence. Do you? No. That's Gematria. They were using gematria. It's just the idea that, you know, there's a number that corresponds with each character or each letter or whatever, and you can 
derive secret messages and codes from that basis, basically. Completely ridiculous from the ground up, but this is the kind of thing that these conspiracy theorists have been using for years now. I mean, these QAnon types have been using this for years, and QAnon is like Trump's core base at this point. That, that is Trump's voter base. There are people on the outskirts, people like kind of on the fringes of Trump support who are like, vote red no matter what. They're not necessarily Q followers, but those are the people who would crawl over broken glass for Donald Trump. So that's his base. Anyway, with all that being said, there was another rally he held in Nebraska recently that I wanted to look at because he had some really interesting characters there. So listen to some of these people and what they had to say at, at Trump's rally. Uh, Greenwood, Nebraska. Listen to this one. Best thing about Donald Trump is what? Um, his honesty with the people. Are we talking about the same Donald Trump? Seriously. I feel, yeah, I think, uh, I think he's just about the most straightforward president we've ever seen. So, um, what? The most straightforward president? The most honest person? Are you kidding me? We cannot be talking about the same guy. I pretty much know where he stands on everything. I, I feel like we all have a good understanding of where he leans, uh, you know, and where he's, I think he supports the people and I think that's the best part about it. You know, that's really sad, honestly. You think he supports the people? You think he supports you? This dude has spent his life trying to avoid people like you. He does not want anything to do with the lower classes. Dude is a billionaire, and he's been a billionaire since he was born. Where did this idea come from that Donald Trump is just like you or that he likes you? I don't get it. How did he convince so many gullible suckers that he is anything like them? Check this one out. This dude went to this Trump rally with his son, who's dressed like Donald Trump. You're raising him right. Yes, indeed, indeed. Yeah, we've been to rallies all over the country. Yeah, in case you're part of the audio audience, the kid has a red tie and a suit, and he has uh, like a wig that looks just like Donald Trump. He's dressed like Donald Trump, this kid is. He looks to be, what, you guys think maybe 12, 13 years old? I would say somewhere in that range. Maybe 14. I think it's a little bit old. Yeah, we've been to rallies all over the country. Yeah, down in Florida in December for the Bill O'Reilly History Tour. So he put in an appearance there. And then we were in Omaha and Des Moines. So, yeah, this is our thing, going around and uh, supporting our next president. And as a parent, how important is it to you to bring your child with you to make sure that they're learning about the importance of our country? Well, I think it's real important because I'm not so sure that they're getting a lot of this in school now. No, they wouldn't be getting a lot of this in school. Of course not. Why would they be learning about Donald Trump in school? They shouldn't be. Donald Trump shouldn't have anything to do with school for another 20 years at least, and maybe in a history class about that president that tried to do an insurrection. Of course they're not teaching about Donald Trump in school. It's real important because I'm not so sure that they're getting a lot of this in school now. You know, they don't talk a lot about it, but like you said, you know, most of his uh, friends in school are Trump supporters. They all love him, so 
um, it's going to be a great day. Well, it makes sense that most of his friends in school are Trump supporters. You know, Trump supporters tend to gravitate to each other. They don't really like hanging around people who are not like them ideologically, which that's a part of human nature. You know, you want to be around people who are like you. You want to be around people who are kind of a reflection of your ideas and beliefs and feelings and stuff. So I'm not knocking that necessarily. I'm just saying, obviously, he would be around a lot of other Trump supporters. Aside from that, in the background here, you can see there's a big truck that says Herbster on it. Okay, so if you're unfamiliar or you're watching this five years in the future, let me explain. Donald Trump endorsed this guy for... Nebraska governor, I believe. The guy's name is Herbster. It was revealed, or it came out, or it became public, that the Herbster, quote-unquote, improperly groped some people. A second woman has publicly accused him of groping her at a 2019 Republican fundraising dinner. It says here in this New York Times article that Charles Herbster is the Republican candidate for governor in Nebraska, endorsed by former President Donald J. Trump. So that's why the rally happened here in Nebraska in the first place, because the Herbster is dealing with some serious allegations and Donald Trump had endorsed him before, and now he wants to show his continued support. And that's going to become relevant in a minute. It's going to become relevant. So keep that in the back of your mind as we continue on. This poor kid, dude. I feel so bad for this kid. He has no chance at a normal life goes to a Trump rally dressed as Donald Trump. That is something else, man. Here's another couple. A man and a woman are at this Trump rally. Again, this is at the Nebraska one, late April 2022. Listen to what they had to say. That it's like, it doesn't have to be like this, people. We need to take this back over, expose the fraud, arrest the criminals, and uh, let's get on with our, making our nation great. You guys. Thank you. We, we appreciate that. Now, you mentioned earlier, they have a 21-year-old at home watching RSBN right now. <laughs> 21, younger generation. Um, how does he feel about Trump and where America's headed? Uh, he is very concerned. Uh, being the age he is, he's, he's right where he understands that this is going to affect him greatly if we do not he's, fix things. He is concerned we've let it consume a lot of our time. I mean, it does. That's interesting. So their 21-year-old son, listen to what they said about it one more time here. Fix things. He is concerned we've let it consume a lot of our time. I mean, it does consume us, but when we're fighting for our freedom. Isn't that interesting? Their son is concerned that they've let this consume a lot of their time. And they're not taking that as a message. They're not thinking this through. It, they're not processing the fact that the people in their lives that they're the closest to, the people they love the most, are trying to give them a message. This is consuming you. Please take a breather and walk away from it. They're not, they're not even listening. They're not even thinking that. I mean, that, that isn't even the first thing that came to his mind when, was, when she asked what his son thinks about it. The first thing that came to his mind was he agrees. That's all he cares about. It wasn't until she was asked that she said he's worried it's consuming us. And it is, according to her. We do not he's, fix things. He is concerned we've let it consume a lot of our time. I mean, it does consume us, but when we're fighting for our freedom, it's on the line, so. Yeah. What time did you get here this morning? We actually got here at 8.30 this morning. Not too bad, not too bad. Well, we appreciate you, Mike and Mandy. Thank you for watching RSBN and everything you do to save the country. So just.
This is something, man. This is something else. I, I truly feel for these people. I wish we could find a way to reach them. Find some way to get them out. It is something else. Check this one out. Another one at the rally in Nebraska. This is where the Herbster allegations become relevant again. Listen to this one. What is it about Herbster that you love so much? Uh, Trump endorsed. Okay. That's what he loves so much? Trump endorsed? You haven't looked into him past that? That is really the only thing that you care about? Come on, man. And it's funny, a buddy of mine called me two or three weeks ago was telling me about all the controversy. I said, yeah, it's the same thing they did with Trump. They did. Yeah, controversy, of course, as I mentioned, uh, just the first paragraph in this New York Times article. A second woman has publicly accused Char Charles Herbster, the Republican candidate for governor in Nebraska endorsed by Trump, of groping her at a 2019 Republican fundraising dinner. So that's that's the controversy that he's referring to. And it's funny, a buddy of mine called me two or three weeks ago, was telling me about all the controversy. I said, yeah, it's the same thing they did with Trump, they did with Matt Gates. Okay, first of all, who is they? Second of all, you're saying that women accused these people and you're blaming others for that? How many allegations does Donald Trump have under his belt at this point? Isn't it like eight or something? Some of the allegations against Trump are proven in a court of law. Some of the allegations against Matt Gates are being investigated at the moment. I, I don't think they're in the court system quite yet. Uh, looks like Trump has 26 women who've accused him of sexual misconduct. So take that for what you will. And like I said, some of them have actually been proven through depositions and things. I, I forget exactly what it was. Some Somebody accused him. He said that they're a liar. And then they sued him for defamation or something. And through that, it got litigated through the court system that he did, in fact, do this thing. And he had to pay them some amount of money. I don't even remember. I'm not going to get specific because I don't remember what it was about. And I shouldn't be talking about it unless I know exactly what it is. So anyways, yeah, uh, these people have allegations against them. And they are, some of them have been proven, some of these allegations. Some of them are still being investigated. But this is a perfect example of somebody justifying misconduct to themselves. They've found a way to rationalize it in their brains. Oh yeah, of course this person's been accused of misconduct. You know what this means, right? It means that this guy will vote for any candidate no matter what. Doesn't care about the evidence against them. Doesn't care what they've done. Doesn't care. He's just not going to believe. He's going to shut his eyes, block off his ears, and say la 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 all the way to the ballot box. That's what we're dealing with at this point. I said, yeah, it's the same thing they did with Trump. They did with Matt Gates. I said, and mark my words, Trump will be in Nebraska in the next two or three weeks. Yeah. And here we are right here. And here we are. Yeah, that's great. Well, God bless you. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. That's something else, dude. Absolutely something else. I find it fascinating to watch these because this really isn't what you find most commonly among people in the U.S. This isn't the common position. This is the extreme position. This is the most extreme of the most extreme. The most devoted, loyal followers of Donald Trump is who you're going to find at these rallies. And for that reason, I feel it's okay for me to kind of laugh it off a little bit and, and find it amusing. And as they say, if you don't laugh, you'll cry, right? Christopher Lewis, aren't Christians supposed to be against numerology? What kind of mental gymnastics are required to make this okay? You're right. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? How they're 
kind of contradictory in a lot of the things that they believe. Like, they contradict themselves on a bunch of stuff, including but not limited to the idea of luck and superstition, the love of guns, the hatred of socialism. Everything that I just listed is contrary to what Jesus believed. Jesus was a socialist. Jesus didn't believe in violence and all that other stuff. And somehow these people have an obsession with guns and capitalism. How do televangelists justify being filthy rich when the Bible explicitly says it's easier for a camel to fit through the eye of a needle than a rich man to get into heaven? So many contradictions. It's crazy. Peyton Dooley, I live in Alabama. These Q-type people are very common here. They are the norm. I'm the outlier. They may be the norm in rural areas, but by percentage in the United States, they really aren't. For example, we have statistics that point to roughly how many QAnon members there are, full-blown QAnon members. They're concentric circles, okay? The most, the innermost of the innermost QAnon circle is probably 15 million people out of 325 million. That's roughly 4%. That's like, you know, how many vegans there are in the United States or how many Mormons there are total. And then there's another outer circle that accepts some of the QAnon claims. That's probably closer to 10%, you know, people who think that, I don't know, people who think all kinds of crazy stuff. But supposedly the numbers show that 30 percent or so give or take 30 percent of the u.s believes that there was some shenaniganery with the election that's something that's latched onto by QAnon. um but believing that does not make you a, a member of QAnon. so there are a lot of QAnon people but when you're in rural areas it's heavily weighted because there are fewer people around so it looks like it's a lot bigger than it is it's just like weighted differently based on where you live let me know what you think on twitter hit me up at telltale atheist next we're going to talk about jaron jackson's strange view of the world give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back you're listening to the telltale channel don't forget to check me out on all social media patreon twitter teespring and etsy all links can be found in the description or on my website telltaleatheist.com I came across this random wingnut that I wanted to dissect. Now, there's a very specific reason why I want to dissect this guy, and I'll get to that in a second, but before we do, let's talk about some of the crazy stuff he's said. Check this clip out. Late September 2021, dude's name is Jaron Jackson. Listen to this. So this brings up the issue of what does a modern-day militia look like? Because if you're like me, you see these godless commies, and you're like, I want to them in the face. But because you're like me, and you're a law-abiding patriot, you're not going to do that because that's illegal. Or is it? Yeah, so uh, I feel it's pretty obvious what this guy is all about. He believes in violence. He has a vested interest in getting violent. And he will do anything he can to encourage his audience to get violent. I think he has 100K subbies or something like that. Once again, there's a reason why we're talking about some rando with 100K subbies. We'll get there. Give it a second. So what's his view on masks? He has surprisingly espoused his position on it. 
late April 2022. Check this one out. The pro-mask mandate or the anti-mask mandate is still on the same premise that masks are a legitimate, credible, righteous, moral, ethical, justifiably legal thing for people to do. Justifiably legal? Are you telling us you think it's illegal to wear masks or that it should be or something? I don't understand. This is just the, the, the whole premise of this is bizarre. Keep listening. It gets weirder. They're not like at all. Like that's a non-starter. If God would have wanted us to wear a mask, he would have had Jaron come out of the womb and you come out of the womb with a, you know, with the mask on, a 3M mask on. We would have had a, what's that called? We would have had the, the we would have already had the masks. Amen. Uh, why are you wearing those overalls then in that shirt? Please don't let me discourage you from wearing them. I deeply want you to continue to wear those things. But it seems to me that if God wanted you to have them on, then you would have come out of the womb with them, right? What a ridiculous, nonsensical argument. Okay, now we know. Thank you, Jaron. Thank you for that. So how does he feel about culture war issues? That's a real question. Early June 2021. Check this one out. <laughs> Notice a kid in the background, by the way. He's driving his kid, who is, seems to be in a car seat, I think, in the back seat. The cat is out of the bag. It's going down. I'm yelling timber. The truth is out, my friends, that Dr. Anthony Fauci is a godless commie tyrant. Uh, I didn't hear that Fauci didn't believe in God or that he was anti-capitalist in any way. What were the other things he said Fauci was? Fauci is a godless commie tyrant. Tyrant? In what way? He has no political power. He's just a scientist that can give recommendations, nothing more. Orchestrating, devising, building, engineering. A biological weapon unleashed on the world via the Wuhan Chinese Godless Kami Laboratory with the uh, the bolster and the supplementation of U.S. taxpayer dollars. Dollar. Wow, that was a lot of buzzwords all at once. That was every single buzzword that he could come up with all at once. FYI, everything that he's saying here is BS. It's nonsense. And I've debunked it a billion times over. For the record... To our knowledge, the coronavirus, it, it was studied whether or not it was actually a lab leak or if it came from a wet market like people originally thought. And it was determined that it did, in fact, come from a wet market like everybody originally thought. It was actually studied to see if it was some legitimate or illegitimate means of creation and in fact it seems to have come from a spillover event after all so i'm really not sure what this guy's talking about i don't know what he's saying here it's been proven that it came from a lab or whatever else no it hasn't once again this is from uh when was this from yeah this was from early june 2021 so i'm, I'm not sure what was going on early june 2021 that made him think that i was coming laboratory with the uh, the bolster and the supplementation of U.S. taxpayer dollars dollars via the UNC North uh, UNC Chapel Hill. You know He's just spreading conspiracy theories and propaganda and buzzwords and nothing more. With the kid in the back seat, by the way. With the kid in the back seat. I just want to point that one out again. Uh, this kid, I I feel so deeply bad for this kid that they're growing up to listen to nonsensical propaganda. From the, they have no chance. From the age of two, it looks like, at most, they have no chance. And I'm listening to the conservative talk radio stations, conservative talk radio stations here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and no one's talking about it. They're talking about critical race theory. 
Well, you know, it, it should be a tip to you that the most extreme of the most extreme networks, like conservative talk radio, for example, aren't talking about this thing. It should be a hint that maybe it's too conspiracy theory-esque, even for them. And you should start wondering if you're the one that found, that fell down this deep, dark rabbit hole. And what you've been reading is complete nonsense. That should trigger a little red flag in your head when even the most extreme people you know aren't saying this stuff. And how people are racist and America's a good country because murder, insert excuse about skin color. Why are we talking about skin color whenever the truth with two Fs, the truth, the truth just came out that it's not a conspiracy theory. The people who are behind the COVID virus, it, it's out. Gain of function, Wuhan laboratory. These are all nonsensical conspiracy theories that have been disproven over and over and over again. The reason that they weren't talking about it on Fox News and all these other places is because they're conspiracies. They're not true. They've been debunked a billion times. You're wondering why no one's talking about it? Because it's fake. This really didn't set off any red flags in your head, man. Taxpayer dollars, deliberate de decisions made on behalf of ushering and orchestrating the, the cataclysmic pandemic in coordination with media telling people that everything's bad. You know, the craziest thing about this is the fact that he even accepts that there was a pandemic happening in it at all. It seems to me that there were uh, a bunch of people who decided to either claim that there was no pandemic at all, that it was all made up. It was all fake. It's just the flu or something. And then there's a group of people who accept that, that you know, it really did happen. But they make these claims about it being like orchestrated by the deep state or some other thing. I'm... Wondering what made him fall on the it was the deep state side rather than it's not real at all. Really interesting. So why are we talking about him? Why are we talking about him in the first place? Because he's running for Congress. That's why. I figured we'd watch his Congress, his his ad for Congress. Late March 2022, he released this advertisement. Check this out. We are at war with communism. Or I should say communism is at war with us. This war is designed to not look like a war. Is communism in the room with us right now, Jaron? Communism is in no way, shape, or form in the United States at all. I honestly wonder if he knows that, and the reason he demonizes it is because he wants us to be further right-wing, further extremist. I'm wondering if that's why he's doing it. I don't know. I have no idea what his intentions are or what's going through that head of his. But, you know, when I see things like this, it really does make me wonder. They're coming for our kids. They've destroyed the economy. How are we coming for your kids? How did we destroy the economy? It's better now than it was when Trump left. Way better by all the standard metrics. Unemployment is through the floor. Historic number of jobs. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is significantly higher than it was when Trump left office. How did the godless commies destroy the economy? How did the godless commies do any of the things that you, how are we going after your kids? Do you even have kids? They've destroyed the economy. They've hostaged the government. I'm a Bible believing Christian. I believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation. I also think it's the only way we overcome. I think it's the way that we win. I know it's the way that we win. I'm running for state senate 
and on June 28th, I'd like to ask for your vote and for you to unleash me. Why is he always wearing overalls? He's running for Senate, state Senate, but still Senate. He's running for Senate in Oklahoma. That's why we got to cover him. Matter of fact, he actually showed up at Jackson LaMayer's campaign event and spoke there not long ago, early September 2021. I've covered Jackson LaMayer. If you're curious about him, just look him up on my podcast channel. I've talked about him a lot on there, Telltale Fireside Chat. Let's listen to Jackson, uh, I'm sorry, let's listen to Jaron Jackson talking at Jackson LaMayer's campaign event. By the by, Michael Flynn also spoke at this same event, or an event anyways, for Jackson LaMayer. A whole bunch of really high-profile big names spoke there. Roger Stone spoke there too, I think. I don't know if they were at the exact same event, but they all spoke at the same... But but they all spoke at Jackson LaMayer's campaign, either way. So let's listen to what Jaron Jackson said. I told God anytime I got a platform and a microphone, I would teach, I would preach the gospel. I care most about Jesus Christ. I don't want anyone to go to hell. If you believe in the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ as the only way to go to heaven, you will go. Unlike these godless commies who reject Christ, they will burn forever in a lake of fire. He's got this weird obsession with godless commies, dude. I admit I'm godless, but I'm not a commie by any stretch of the imagination. But something tells me that in his little world, I fit the bill anyways. This is disturbing stuff, dude. You will go. Unlike these godless commies who reject Christ, they will burn forever in a lake of fire. And Lord willing, we will send them through military tribunals, heels a-clacking all the way to meet their creator. You catch what he's saying there, right? He's saying in an ideal world, we would, you know, be erased basically from the world by going through a military tribunal and it being decided that we're not safe for society. So they send us to the lake of fire. That's what he's saying. That's insane. That is absolutely insane. This dude deeply needs help. He's actually friends with uh, Lynn Wood. I don't know if you guys have heard of Lynn Wood, but Lynn Wood was a Trump lawyer. He was also Kyle Rittenhouse's lawyer. He knows all kinds of really big people. He's connected in crazy ways. He's an incredibly well-connected lawyer in Washington, D.C. And Jaron Jackson is actually close friends with him and has worked with him on like his security and stuff like that. Honestly, this isn't even the worst that Jaron Jackson has said. I just felt that I couldn't play the rest on Twitch or on YouTube. I can't. It's just, it's too graphic what he says. It's graphic stuff honestly. Tell me if you think I should cover more of people like this. Let me know what you think. Tweet it at me at Telltale Atheist. Thank you guys for coming and giving this a listen and I will talk to you next week. If you like what I do and you want to make sure I can continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, you can support me on Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I sell all kinds of shirts and stickers and stuff on there. Second, you can support me by checking out my Etsy store. I sell 3D printed stands for every system from the original Nintendo to the Xbox One. And finally, if you want to support me in other ways, you can check me out on my other channels. I have the podcast channel, which is where I talk about whatever's on my mind. Politics, social issues 
issues, whatever. You can also find it everywhere podcasts can be found. Or you can check out the videos on my main channel where I focus on destructive cults. As it is with most channels these days, I rely on the support of viewers like you to keep my channel alive, so sharing my work is extremely helpful. Anyways, check me out in all those places if you haven't already. Thanks for listening, guys.